Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Well, in our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we are talking about Christian women in the workplace, and we have attorney Susie Holler and Cheryl Marsden joining us for discussion. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Lori. Hi, Lori. Glad to have you here today. So, Susie and Cheryl, it's great to have you here. And ladies, I brought you on as guests today because I really felt that you can engage with me on a conversation that isn't talked about much in our community. I think all women who are followers of Christ think about how they're handling themselves on a personal and professional manner daily. In fact, I would venture to say we obsess over it. <laughs> we think we think about what people think about us all the time. And the irony is... They're not even thinking about us. So do you agree with that? Do you I agree? agree. 100%. Okay. All right. So, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, we could maybe share that with men a little bit. That would that would be helpful. Uh, so, Susie, let's start with you. Can you give me just a little bio about yourself? Sure, Lori. I'm an international business lawyer, relatively new to the Tampa Bay area. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I was born in Chicago and raised in Montreal, Canada came down to Tampa to be closer to my mom and my brother with my husband, Ted. Wow. And, uh, I was raised in a Christian home, but didn't mm. submit my life to Christ until my early 30s. Believer, but no relationship, huh? Early on, but that changed. Wait, yeah. so do you speak French now because you were in Montreal? Un peu. <laughs> you do. All right. <laughs> en petit here. En petit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> en petit. 
Well, fantastic. Would you like to do a shout out there for your family? Sure. I'd like to shout out to my husband, Ted, my brother, Bill, and several friends, uh, Christian women that I've uh, invited to listen this afternoon. Fantastic. Well, hopefully they're going to learn some really great things from you ladies. All right, Cheryl. So what about you? Well, hello, Lori. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit. I'm from Iowa, and I'm transplanted here to Florida about six years ago. And I have a business called Pathways to Success. And what I do is I assist businesses who do not have a dedicated HR person. Mm. So what I can do is I can help them hire their staff. I can create their employee handbooks. And I can deal with those delicate personnel issues, which is what I've been working with some clients on recently. And we're going to talk about today. Yes. Yes. And that's really a great uh, service. Both of you ladies offer such great services. Why I wanted to invite you here today. I think you also have an in on what's really going on and happening. And speaking of which, Susie, you've recently written a book, and I know it's our first one, but um, it was kind of a catch on the lean in, and it's called Lean on Jesus, which is in fact addressed to Christian women in the workplace. So can you tell me why you wrote this book? Sure. I wrote the book as a response to Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO, the COO of Facebook, and her book, that you just mentioned, Lean In, Mm -hmm. which is a secular book advising women to lean in, be more aggressive, to Mm. compete with men and to, quote-unquote, win in the market and to achieve success and power. And my response is that's not what Christian women should be doing. We should be transforming the workplace. Mm. We should be changing the workplace. And especially since there's so many more women working in recent decades, and yet every day you read the newspaper and see business scandal after scandal after mm-hmm. scandal, companies being fined millions of dollars, and what are the women doing to change this, and what are Christian women doing to raise the business ethics in, in business, in our community, and around the United States. Yeah, it's really interesting that you said that, and, and I did make a note of this here, and we talked about it earlier before we got on the show, but um, I like this quote that you have, and and um, it follows the fact that women have been forced to, in some cases, enter the workforce, and then those who really wanted to be part of the workforce. We have a lot to offer the workforce, um, but the dynamic between what women and men offer in the workforce is different, and we also think differently. We perform differently. I, I say this all the time, but it's so true. Men think very linear. It's a gift for them, because they can accomplish a task and look forward to it, where women have the gift of thinking very globally. And so they can see what happened, what's going to happen, you know, they can foresee this. And that's why we need both partners. And But you're saying that in their book that women have had such a, uh, a difficult time um, acclimating into some of these businesses that they're really looking to get out and start maybe nonprofit work and things that they feel that their skills would uh, attend to better. Yeah, exactly, because traditionally women were always attracted to the more altruistic professions, mm. nursing, social work, right. and teaching. And so in profit-oriented businesses, they sometimes feel that they don't have a meaning for them. But there is a meaning, even in, in a profit-oriented business, for a Christian woman, because every business is a mission field. We're the, Amen. O- we're the only reflection of Jesus that people see. Amen. And we need to be more courageous to, to reflect that and to transform the workplace. And in my book, I have scenarios which talk about real situations and then how, with prayer and reflection, women can, can react in a Christian manner. 
And that's true. And I've seen it in my own profession and kind of a renaissance woman. I've done a little bit of everything. You know, I laugh, but this is true. I mean, I've changed out piston rings and oil changes. I mean, you know, I kind of was a tomboy. I've done it all, but I've worked in clothing retail. I've, you know, done a lot of different things, but I have personally experienced, which is where I'm going to go with you, Cheryl. I've personally experienced the, um, the differences of a man and a woman in the same position and or the same company in the same workplace and receiving different um, benefits, different uh, advice, conversation, absolutely. different advice, etc. Yes. So can you kind of enlighten me a little bit about, I mean, I've never worked in HR, mm-hmm. so I think our, our listeners would really like to hear about the the differences that you've seen in the HR yes. arena. Okay, great. Yes, um, over 70% of the HR roles are usually filled by women, mm, and that's actually been according to a Forbes magazine. And do you think it's that mother take care? Exactly. Okay. That's where I was okay. going with it. it. Well, partially, a long time ago, and it was a personnel function, and it was a lot of administrative work and paperwork. But that has changed. And now women are becoming much more strategic partners uh-huh. in the, as far as HR. But yes, to be effective in HR, you need to be able to multitask. You yes. need to be able to change quickly from one project to another. You can be sitting at your desk one day and have a total agenda planned, and you get a phone call, and it's just going to change on a dime. So you have to be able to change quickly. And then you have to deal, as I talked about earlier, with those employee issues, employee problems. Right. And isn't that what women do all yeah. the time at home? They're juggling everything. They have to be able to multitask. They have to be able to handle all the conflicts yes. at home with the kids. So that's why I think sometimes that women are so successful in this role. But it is not just, a, you know, men are right. taking jobs in this role as well. But it is one of the top highest paid positions. It's one of the top 10 for women as like an HR manager role. So wow. it's, I could see how that would happen. But let me ask you on line with that. So let's flip it to the employee that's coming to seek HR services. Okay. So more women, I would think, and maybe you've seen this too, Susie, but I would think would be seeking HR out because we're not even looking at things just on a business level, but we also see things on an emotional level. So do they come seek out HR because they feel like there is a, um, an emotional situation going on that they can't handle where a man would just be going, Oh, it's business. Business is business. I would say that, yes, hopefully you have a relationship with your employees that they can feel like they can come to you, have that open door policy. But yes, I've had um, employees and supervisors seek out me for that type of advice and just able to come to you and just be able to talk and know that whatever they talk about right there is going to be remain confidential with you. Uh, So, yes, I've had a lot of that in my past 20 years of experience in HR. Yeah, I, I think that I could see um, the differences that would happen there, that they would also feel more open to share that with you. And uh, it depends, of course, what the topic is, which we're going exactly. to talk about probably a little bit later yes, in the show. Correct? Exactly, exactly. We will. So, um, Susie, I'd like to ask you, how do you think that um, a woman portrays herself as a leader? How do you think that comes across? I mean, you're an attorney. It's a highly regarded profession. Um, and there was a date and time that that wasn't even... Okay, like you said, nurses, that type of thing. It was attorneys wasn't the situation. So maybe even share a little bit about how you are perceived in the workplace and how women can be perceived as leaders, whether it's um, through their faith or, you know, just as a profession. Well, when I was in law school, 
the law school didn't even have a restroom for the women's students. Oh, my god! And we had to hold a sit-in. She's so not that, that old, people, I'm they just went, saying. So that they would, no, they, it's, it's not that long ago. Yeah. And they we, they finally converted it to, uh, so that we could have a women's restroom in the building. And when I was a young lawyer, especially, I was always the only woman in the room. When I went to court, they always thought I was a secretary. Oh. Um, I went to business meetings when I was working in Chicago, where women had to go in the back door of these business clubs for lunch. We had to go in the back. So wow. obviously things have changed for the better. We have Now we have three women on the Supreme Court. So the professions, law and medicine, are, are very open to women today. But yeah. there's still gender stereotypes. And I think one of the hardest things for women to do is have the appropriate leadership role. We all know that if a woman's too forceful, then that person can be criticized and they'll use a bad word, which we won't mm. state, about them. So that can be a real problem. You don't, you don't have that ability to lead in the same way that men lead. And when women are too aggressive, they're, they're criticized. Right. On, on the other hand, you can't just be a wimp in the yeah. workplace and you have to make decisions. And I always think that you have to follow Jesus. Use courage like Jesus did. He confronted the Pharisees. He confronted the money changers. Use courage when something is wrong, but the rest of the time, use love. Mm. Treat everyone like you would want to be treated. Seek younger people out to mentor and help. Never be a gossip. That's one thing that women are criticized for, yeah. or is a stereotype that women are gossiping at work, so stay away from that. And, and those yeah, and are the I think principles. Women, yeah, and I think follow. women gossip, my personal opinion, I think the reason they gossip isn't really, they're not trying to be negative. I think they're gossiping to start a conversation. Because maybe they feel left out of a particular situation. I think that's why a majority of women do that. It's wrong, but I think that they are feeling a loss of something. And so they begin to sin, you yes. know, whether it's gossip or whatever the circumstances are. So I agree with you that following Jesus or biblical principles is the way to lead. I think that one way that, um, and you all tell me what you think about this, is uh, instead of telling people what to do, asking questions. That's what Jesus did. You would always turn around and ask a question. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that's a really good idea. And I think that, um, you know, Jesus was a relationship builder, too. Right. He was known for his relationships. And what I see is that women are, that's what they want. They really want good to be. Good at it. Yes. And they want to be in jobs that are relationships. My oldest daughter, Amy, is actually a relationship manager. Oh, that's for, so cool. That's I, such a thing? Yes. For a very large company. She works in finance and she loves it. She thrives on it. So tell me what that looks like. That is so cool. <laughs> and she, she'll tell you that's her, actually, that's her, one of her top traits or strengths that she has. What she does is she goes out and she travels quite a bit, but she goes out and develops relationships with different companies and tries to get them to come back and use their company, which ah. is for call centers and so forth. But she sets up lots of meetings and she just builds those relationships. And I think that that is what women thrive on. And my other daughter, actually, Michelle, she is um, graduating from law school this oh. May. So that's another one. And I do know that they still say that women are not paid as well, though, in the law. And that's the one area. Equal pay and still in, even in the lawyers are not paid as well as the men. That you agree with that? True, yes, I agree with that. You see very few women uh, being the senior partners in the big law firms. And that's why a lot of women are in their own firms like I am. I mean, I was in a big law firm in Texas, but I think that 
there's no doubt that women are not being paid fairly and equally, and that's illegal. But it's difficult to enforce. Yeah, there was just something in the paper this last Sunday. And, of course, it's always a topic of conversation at, uh, that women are not being treated fairly or equally in the workplace. And we're going to discuss that a little bit more as we go in. But that is absolutely true. And I think it's not just with uh, payroll. It's with different things that are going on in the workplace that we're not treated fairly. Uh, but again, I think that we need to take that back to an accountability group or take it back to um, definitely in prayer. Cheryl and I, yes. we were just talking about that. So I'm really looking forward to talking more about this. And um, after our break, we're going to talk more about um, even sex discrimination. And I think Cheryl going to help us with that, the legalities and uh, portraying God's character. And I know you talk about a lot about that. I am your guest host, Laurie Hill, filling in for Jim Brang Thanks for listening, Tampa Bay and around the world. And thanks to the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay for bringing us the Integrity Moment from the Integrity Resource Center. We've been talking with attorney Susie Holler and Cheryl Marsden about Christian women in the workplace. So you ladies ready to get right back into it? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, I kind of talked a little bit about what we're going to... Uh, touch on now and we're going to get a little heavy and uh, uh, and you know some people are might not be comfortable with this conversation uh, but I think it's one that we need to have and it is about sex discrimination and the other legalities we need to be aware of and um, we want to also touch on ladies um, how we're portraying Christ in the workplace in that situation and in any other situation whether it's HR related or business related so y'all ready to go yes okay Cheryl um, you and I were talking about some different things that you've come across. Could you give us an example of something maybe that you've seen come across your desk and, and what you would recommend in that for personal and professional? Well, what we were talking about uh, previously, just before we came on air, was about sexual discrimination and gender discrimination, but specifically sexual harassment in the workplace. And unfortunately, that still does occur. And as an HR person, that is what, as a director, I was had to take on as far as investigating often, oftentimes. Mm. Um, even before I started at my last position, they were calling me because there were uh, remarks that were made that mm-hmm. were just inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people think it's in fun, but it's not always taken in fun. And there is our, our laws say that that women need to be able to work in a workplace that they can have don't have to have unwanted sexual advances and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we were talking about was that there's actually a member of our Christian chamber who has a 16 year old daughter, and she works in a restaurant, and she's had someone that's actually been patting her on her behind. Mm. Now, some people may not be offended by that, mm-hmm. but this particular girl was. I think it's offensive. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I do. So what she did is she did report it to management, but she was told that's just the way he is. Okay. Mm. Now, that's just not an appropriate answer for management to do. And I don't know if this particular place has a HR department, but definitely the girls should go there and report it to HR. Yeah. Uh, but what I understood what they did is they actually moved her to another restaurant location. Mm. And that's totally unfair. And when it comes to the law, really the person that is doing the harassing is the one that should be moved or should be dealt with, of course. Reprimanded. Yes. Versus the person that is uh, complaining because that could be deemed as retaliation for her. Right. So it's definitely inappropriate and they should be handled on a more professional basis. 
Yeah, I, you know, it seems like when you're a whistleblower, we'll call it that, or, you know, you're complaining about a circumstance at your work, then you're the one that ends up getting the consequence. And it should be the other way around. It should be biblical. It is not because we live in this worldview. So, um, you know, I would like you to go into more detail about how you would address this Personally, not as an HR person, but what would you recommend personally to this person? Okay, well, if I was sitting down and just having a chat with her, I would tell her that first off, that she is not doing anything wrong, and the fact that she's doing the right thing and bring it to their attention. The thing is, is that so many people don't want to do this. Like you say, it's fear of retribution. It's fear of losing their job. So I would tell her that she needs to confide and maybe try to find another Christian woman or somebody else that she can confide in. But I would definitely pray about it, number one. And she needs to decide if they are not going to handle it. She has a couple avenues available to her. And, of course, Mm -hmm. one of them is taking the legal route of going to file a complaint with the EEOC. But otherwise, she can have the choice to leave. And sometimes that's the hard choice to make. But sometimes you have to do that. And I know I think Susie's had her own share of an issue with that where she had to make that exact decision. Is that correct, Susie? Yes, in, in one circumstance mm. that I can't talk about publicly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I alluded to it in the book that I have a chapter called Play for the Right Team. Oh. And you have to be in the right business that uh, fits with your Christian values. And that can sometimes be hard to determine. And then you have to, if something, again, is wrong, sometimes you just have to leave. But God always has something waiting for you. Yeah. And I want to talk more about that in this next section. We've been talking to attorney Susie Holler and Cheryl Marsden about Christian women in the workplace. But before we get back into our discussion with Susie and Cheryl, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been a part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of the First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Olmerton Road in Largo, their 2,400 square foot store is open to the public seven days a week. So check them out online at shopcaris.com. That is shopcaris.com, C-H-A-R-I-S. And today you can be the first person to call in to our studio line at 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And I will send you a copy of the book that we are highlighting today, Compliments of Martha Brangenberg and the Karis Christian Books and Gifts. So today we've actually got two offerings for you. You are lucky listeners. Uh, We have two books. One of which is the book we are speaking about today from attorney Susie Holler, and it is Lean on Jesus. And it'll give you some practical advice, um, self-help for the working woman, and really just make you understand uh, what we're dealing with in the workplace and how to handle it biblically. Additionally, we're also offering up the I Am in Business, putting the great I Am back into your workplace. And the author is moi. Uh, (laughs) And I would love to give you this information. This book is filled with um, biblical practices and plagiarized completely from the Bible. And uh, so this is something that you can't miss out on on these two books. It's a great opportunity. So be the first caller to call into our studio line at 855-265-2929. And remember, read the book. Do not wait for the movie. All right. 
right. So now back to our discussion with attorney Susie Holler and Cheryl Marsden about Christian women in the workplace. Ladies, we've been having some really great discussions during the break time. And I think we're going to start back with you again, Susie, and uh, something we were just discussing. And that is what do women offer in the workplace versus what we receive in return? Well, we, first of all, have to start with the Bible, which is where we're told to offer ourselves as living sacrifices Ooh, in Romans I like that. 12. And we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and not conform to the pattern of this world. And that's the tricky part. Yeah. How do you interact with people where they'll be willing to engage with you if they think that you're being too, quote-unquote, Christian? Mm. You might turn them off, but you also don't want to go into a bad situation pretending to get along and not standing up for what's right. So that's And that's really what's wrong with our world right now. Exactly. Yeah, because the Christians are not standing up. We're the only uh, group of people that are not being tolerated. Exactly. But getting back to into the workplace, I think some of the things again are to look at what did Jesus do? He's our model. He was a servant. There's no dead end jobs in in the Christian world. A lot of people think, well, I'm in a dead-end job, so I'm going to slack off. Never slack off. Always work hard. Because you never know who you're serving and what will come of you doing the right thing and always working hard. I can agree with that. Yeah, and you know what? I have had good, bad, and ugly jobs. Have you all had ugly jobs? Yes. Okay. Oh, Susie's got that look on her face. She doesn't, you've never had no, an ugly job? I've always worked in nice air-conditioned oh, offices. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not even talking about that, sister. I'm talking about just not being persecuted. Oh, oh yeah. And I'm not oh. talking about for my faith. I'm just talking about certain circumstances, you know. I mean, really engaging situations. So I really love what you said about that. We can. We, you know, you learn something from every job you're at, and you leave a bit of yourself behind when you leave. So what are you leaving behind? Exactly. And the things that we need to be thinking about is how can we be merciful? This is something Mm. in Cheryl's area. An HR person sometimes has to fire somebody, and that's a very tough thing to do. You have to let the person go for doing something wrong, but you don't have to uh, be mean to them. You can still be merciful. And forgiving people. There's people in the workplace that have hurt us, that have taken our ideas that have taken credit we've all had bosses or co-workers that take credit for our ideas. oh we don't sit on that dwell on it and, and, and tell everybody about it, it well we do <laughs> and, and what we're supposed to be doing is to forgive that person and not Amen. be going home angry angry yeah. which i've done myself i mean mm-hmm. it's hard to do these things being a christian is hard but it's beneficial because it's that's our faith our faith is in it Christ. has the rewards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that being just what you said, Susie. As far as um, being an HR is a tough job. Yeah, and it is a very tough job being a Christian because uh, people are watching you and they're watching your actions. And I do have to do. I've had to do the tough stuff. I had to fire employees. I've had to discipline employees. And I will tell you that I pray before every one of those meetings wow. that I have to do. But still, it's. They always tell you that if you ever get comfortable firing somebody, then you've been in HR too long. Uh, so, um, but I think it's it is truly that people are watching you, and they are watching how you um, interact and how you behave. And I will tell you, I've learned a, I learned a tough lesson, but it's hard. The first one of the first persons that I actually fired in my first HR job was in um, healthcare and dental care, and I had to fire a dental assistant. And she was just a sweet gal, but she just could not learn the job. Mm. And when I had to escort her out of the building, I actually said, I'm sorry. 
And you know, that came back to bite me. And oh. they will tell you, never apologize about firing someone wow. because they will then think, come back and say, you didn't agree with that firing. Oh, that's true. So it's a hard line because you want to be empathetic and you want to show those qualities again of what Jesus had. And you want to show that the gentleness and the kindness and so forth. But you also still have to be, you have to enforce the policies. You have to be business minded and business related and do the right thing for the employees and you know for the business i talk a lot about a validation technique that i learned when uh, i was uh, getting my cda it's a child certificate and no i was not meant to teach children uh, but uh, when i was getting this certificate one thing that just has stood out uh, tremendously for me and i've used it it's funny you're supposed to use it on toddlers but okay honey you're learning the truth uh, the shout out to my husband but i use it on him and it basically goes like this i see that you are so maybe when you're letting somebody go i see that you're upset Okay, and it's validate the feeling. Do not agree with it. Do not apologize for it. So I think that that's a big deal. Uh, Mostly as human beings, we just want somebody to validate our feeling, whatever that is. So you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to apologize for it. And I could see how that would really work in HR. Yes, that would be a good tactic. Yeah, definitely. Try that next time. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> Hopefully it hasn't anytime soon. But. Well, the, everybody that knows me knows that um, I am not apologetic about my faith. And um, unfortunately, I probably cross over the wrong side of the line sometimes. But in my situation, um, I do believe, and we talked about this, about walking the walk. Um, however, I believe God calls us to talk the talk, too. How does that portray itself in the business world? And let's even just start with HR first. So let's start with that, Cheryl. How, how, how do you communicate that? Well, again... It depends on the company because, again, if you have a Christian company, sure. they could have policies like that. If they don't, it's I think when you're working with the supervisors, it's how you're, you're going to handle these employees with respect and you're going to handle them with humility and so forth. But I think that as far as being in the workplace, you have to um, – I personally, I sought out other Christians in the workplace and I would – I would like pray with them over specific issues. I would pray with them uh, before I had different meetings and stuff like that. Personally, what I did, and you can't do this in every place, but if you don't have a policy against it, I had a, a little plaque in my office that said, you know, all things are possible with Christ. And and then I also had played Christian music, mm. um, different things like that, so that people would just the subtleties that they would see or hear. And so sometimes then they would come and seek you out if they had an issue or they had a problem. Um, not necessarily just to talk about God, but they, they would know that you were willing to listen and be empathetic. And So let me ask you, if they come to you and they know that about you and they ask you to pray with them... Yes. Are you able? Yeah, I did. Okay. Whether I'm able or not, okay. I would. Okay. Um, sometimes we, I was fortunate I had a, an office, so I would shut a door. Okay. But uh, yes, we did. I would pray with people. And, and I actually would tell my staff a lot of times, I'm praying about this issue. And there was a difficult situation that I went through uh, at my workplace. And mm-hmm. I actually told them, you know, I said, I don't know if you're comfortable with this or not, but I, I am going to talk about this. I'm going to pray about this. If you're not comfortable, you know, you can you can ex- leave. leave. So anyway, it's it has worked for me. And I think that just being that, again, we're called to be the light. That's and right. I think that that's we are sometimes, like Susie said, the only example that they have in the workplace. And so we have to be bold in our faith. I agree. So Susie, tell me uh, exactly what I was just, just going to say, Charles, that was a good lead in. But um, how are you bold in the workplace? I mean, again, you know, you're really 
cutting edge because women are just now, you know, we've got a lot of uh, women that are becoming attorneys, et cetera. But like you said, it's not been that long of a time where it wasn't even allowed. So how do you do that? Be bold as a woman in the workplace. And then now on top of that, be bold as a Christian woman in the workplace. Well, I think one thing is not to be ashamed of being a Christian. If I was going to a meeting at, mm. in the evening at the church, at our church, I would say, I'm leaving now to go to church. I didn't try to hide it and say, well, I'm going home. You know, I'm going to church. I was, uh, and all, not just then, but now I've always been involved in pro bono, which is free right. legal work for people. And I never was ashamed to say that. I worked as a volunteer for years in Dallas with Catholic Charities. Everybody knew that. Um, so I was never hiding the fact that I had religious beliefs and um, that was part of who I was. Right. Right. Well, I think it's important. And uh, uh, you had uh, quoted uh, St. Francis Assisi. And and what is that quote that we hear all the time? Yeah. Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Yes. So it's really true. They are watching us. They want to see Christ through our actions. Yes. I actually want to tell a story. I don't know if I've told this before, but um, it's it's a pretty incredible story that happened to me. I was working in the healthcare industry. I contracted uh, physicians into the hospitals. And I worked for two men that were not believers. And uh, I always, always, I was like, God, what are you doing? I always ended up in the break room with them on lunchtime. <laughs> and uh, they loved to uh, persecute me. Oh, so God created the earth in seven days. I'm like, no, actually, it wasn't seven. I could go through it one by one with you. And oh, and yeah, and this and that. And they would just constantly come at me about it. And I kept feeling feeling that I had to defend myself versus really just have the courage to say, this is this is my truth. Well, um, the time came for me to leave this company. And um, I said, God, I don't even think I even made a dent. I don't think I even helped in this situation. And I walked back to my desk one day and there was a card sitting there that I still have to this day. And I opened it up, and it was from a woman in the company who had been in that lunchroom. And I barely even knew her, and she said, you changed my life. I came to God because of those conversations you were having with Joe and Tom. And so you don't know. You don't know. And, you know, I was a employee, so I wasn't a boss. And I could say what I wanted to say during my break time. You know, and the bosses were prodding me to do it anyway. So, you know, I think it really depends on where you are, what you're doing, but being courageous and being that light. And having no fear. I mean, that's really the benefit. Do not fear. That we have as Christians. We, that famous verse uh, from Romans about we're more than conquerors. Mm-hmm. And we have nothing, we have nothing to fear. Anything in this earth is passing away. We're looking for an eternal life with Christ. So there's nothing that people can do to us on earth that can really damage us. Maybe it can temporarily, but not eternally, not ultimately. Have you read the end of the book, too? We win. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. My dad, had, he's gone now, and I miss him. He was a strong, strong Christian and a great fisher of men. But I will tell you, his favorite quote from the Bible, it's in there so many times, it's, it was, do not be afraid. And he mm. used to say that over and over. And so I have that underlined in my Bible several times, but it's either that or do not fear. And I have read so many of those passages, and they've just been a real comfort to me in times where I've been struggling with at work or personally. So we're getting ready to wrap this show up. And uh, I just want to ask you, ladies, do you feel that uh, we have more options in the workplace now, more more courage? Do you feel, feel like that uh, we have more opportunities to share Christ and to uh, be bold in our faith? And is there anything else that you would like to say before we wrap up the show? 
Go ahead, Sharon. Well, I just think that it's a real fine line that you have to walk. Uh, but I do think that because as women, you know, we have to decide how far we're going to go into that as far as walking the, the talk, like yeah. you said. But um, there's such a worldview with it. But I think that we need to just continue to be, as we say, bold about our faith. And we need to be able to just... Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you because we're getting out of time. But we just need to, yes, we need to take a stand for our faith. And I do think we have a much more opportunity to do that today. Excellent. Yes, I agree. And I think now's the time to do it because, as Laurie said earlier, there's a lot of things in the world where Christians are being persecuted. And one of the things is we just need to keep all those people in Syria and Iraq, the Christians that are being Mm. tortured in our prayers, and think about them. And it's hard to even think about what they're going through. So, and it's happening right here terrible. in the United States. So yes. uh, we don't even realize in the backyard we have a mission field in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our churches. Even we have uh, we have a mission to accomplish. So we've been talking to attorney Susie Holler and Cheryl Marson about Christian women in the workplace. So we were kind of trying to wrap it up on the next um, before the uh, commercial break, and I really wanted to attack just a couple more things before we we finished out today. And um, I know Susie, you really wanted to talk to women about um, furthering themselves. Yeah, thank you. One of the chapters in my book is called Never Stop Learning, and I think that's really important for women of all ages, all backgrounds, whatever profession or career, whatever job you have, is to always be learning on the job, keep reading, keep taking courses that are available, and and broaden your horizons. Cheryl? Yeah, I'll put a plug in for that because I am a a national trainer. I train um, all over the United States and primarily on HR topics, but I think it's very important to be a lifelong learner, and I know personally that that is just something that I strive for. It's a continual goal, just whatever it is, every day, always be trying to learn something new. But yes, in the workplace now, I mean, that's that's what we have. Women, like you said, used to have jobs that maybe didn't require as much education, but mm-hmm. nowadays, it's more, there's so many more educated women, and but it's sad because even though there's so many educated women, like you say, the executive positions do not necessarily re- reflect that. So we, we're continually still having to strive yeah. to get up that ladder, but the, it's so important to keep yourself trained. I'm going to throw a wrench here because we didn't even talk about this, but you know, when God speaks to me, he speaks to me, ladies. That's all i got to <laughs> tell you. Okay. So um, what? Um, let's talk about balance for a oh, minute. Yes. Because we didn't address that at all. Women put so much on themselves, whether they're, they could be single, they could be having a family, but either or, we still pile so much stuff on ourselves. And balance becomes a major issue, more for women than it is for men. And I only think that that is true because men maybe don't recognize it until it's too late. Um, where men or women recognize it and they don't care. They just put their little cape on and fly out the door. It's just the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Um, what are your... Um, your thoughts about about women and balance and, and family and work and church and and you know witnessing in the workplace all that well, I am go, go ahead. ahead well I'm, I think I think that <laughs> people have wasted a lot of time with a lot of television they say that the average mm. Americans watching six hours of TV a day maybe they're spending too much time now on social media and I again look at Jesus he went away to the desert he went away to pray mm. he left the crowd that's it girls we're leaving let's go yeah. we're, gonna go. we're gonna go to the beach tonight after this exactly but I think that's what you have to do look at what you have in your life and not always say yes to everything people ask us to do things and one of the hardest things is to say no I just can't fit that in yeah I have a t-shirt that says stop me from volunteering and it's worn out <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, my daughter sometimes calls me that hot mess. You know, that's that Florida term. <laughs> but when I was in the airport recently, I bought one that says, um, I'm hot mess, but blessed. And I thought it oh, was so, so cute. But yes, I am very much, I'm, I'm very... Um, Guilty of that, Lori. Yeah. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, we do. And I'm constantly trying to just fit everything in, and I keep piling more on my plate. Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think we do that? I think it's because we want to do to be the best that we can be, mm. and that just takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to do that. So, uh, Susie, I'm not a big TV watcher. I, there's a few shows that I do watch and enjoy, mm-hmm. but typically I'm always trying to, I mean, I like to go out and have fun, people that know sure. me. I enjoy going out and, and having time with friends and family and all of that, but uh, I do work very hard at my career, and so I think in order to, we just want to be sometimes a perfectionist. That's our Don't problem. Don't you also think too that we think we're never enough yes uh, that word and i think it's men and women we never think we're enough the world tells us we are not enough what does god say we are enough yes right. and and i think that we put that on ourselves that we are not enough so what what were your thoughts Susie, on that well i agree i just do agree with you and again i think it's a challenge to li- to say no because we all get asked to do volunteer activities we get asked to take care of issues in the family and sometimes we just have to say no and and maybe ask one of the siblings to help or ask someone else at work to help and not try to take everything on ourselves and not not at work be someone who can't delegate you can't be a micromanager right can i add one more thing to that i think that when we're so busy though that's the problem. We, are, I know that we, as women, again, we're doers and yes. we're fixers. Yes. But we have we to take... We can't fix everything? Yeah. <laughs> we think we can. <laughs> yes. But we have to take time out and to have what? Our, our devotions and our time with God. And so mm. it, it, none of that is going to work well if right. we don't take that time out with God. It's so. also priorities then. Yes. It's priorities. And and we do. We need to set those priorities and make sure that we, we heed them every day. That's the problem is every day we get up and we start our mismanagement again. You know, so it's it's a difficult situation. But thank you, ladies. You've done a great job. Uh, I w- would like to encourage our listeners to listen in to our guest host, Todd Hopkins, on Monday, February 9th at 5 p.m., when he's going to be talking with pastor and businessman Ray Dick from Bradenton, who's going to be discussing what it's like going from ministry in the marketplace to being a full-time pastor and then back to ministry in the marketplace again and being a bivocational pastor. You know, we keep talking about Christ followers on this show. We talked about it today, about Christian women in the workplace. Are you a Christ follower? Have you ever come to a place in your life where you realized you needed a Savior and you trusted in Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? If you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, personally and professionally, we're going to encourage you to email Jim at jim at iworkforhim.com. That is iwork, the number for him.com. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 